deserves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. And right now at Wendy's, they're only a buck each. Wendy's breakfast biscuits, just a dollar. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet your buck on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only during breakfast hours. U.S. price of participation may vary. Limit five qualifying items per transaction. Not valid in a combo. Excludes honey butter chicken biscuit. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with state bank and trust companies online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Dear Vet Ticks, it was nice to spend the night with my daughter and other veterans. It's so humbling to attend an event when you feel appreciated. I had a wonderful time with my family. Thank you for the memories, Vet Ticks. Dear Vet Ticks, Thank you for a great experience and for your support of the military and veterans. Thank you so much, VetTix. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert, game, or special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran or a service member. By giving your extra tickets to VetTix, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. Vettex, give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vettex.org. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, there's definitely no shortage of news. On this Thursday, December 2nd, Saints taking on the Cowboys. Over at the Caesars Superdome tonight, 720 is your kickoff. I've been asking you all game, Saints fans, give me hope. Give me a reason, even if it's fool's goal, however you need to. What are you telling yourself to at least enjoy to the top of the hour? Can we at least enjoy to 8 o'clock? Do you have more faith than that? Do you have more hope? Are you calling for a Saints victory? If you are, please call me. 800-998-1003 or tweet at me. Why? We've gotten some people to say that on their own via social media. Justin and Dr. Drip want the Dallas Cowboy team bus to get lost and never show up. Allen on Twitter Says the only way the Saints win or one of the reasons the entire roster of the Cowboys catches the plague. Well, eight of them have COVID. That's, that's close. Um, so yeah, give me, give me some, some, some suggestions. Give me some reasons for hope. Jordan, the intern back in hour one said, well, they got Dan Quinn, former head coach of your Atlanta Falcons, did so well against your New Orleans Saints and the rest of the league that he's no longer. The head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That's, that's a good thing. I said Mark Ingram. He's back. You won't have Alvin Kamara. You won't have Ryan Ramchuk. You won't have Teron Armstead. The line is now six. Now, Jeff on Twitter. The Saints defense will have a great game. The O plays well enough to secure the W. There it is. A little confidence there. My three keys to the game. Special teams have got to be, quote-unquote, special. As in, I need points. Directly or indirectly related to the play of special teams. A blocked punt for a six. A, or, again, setting up short field that the Saints can score off of, right? A return punt or kick that either scores or sets up a score. For you, New Orleans Saints. 
two, defensively, what I just said about the special teams. I, I, I need something. I need a sack fumble that results into a score. I need a strip six. I need a pick six. I need a fumble six. I need an interception return to the four-yard line where literally we can fall forward and get a first down or a touchdown. Like, that's what I'm going to, I think, need. Number three. Coach, go ahead and look at the other part of that play sheet. You know, flip it over the other side. You know, that wonderfully laminated, multiply colored play call sheet. Find the box that has trick plays in it. I need at least two. Superdome specials, whatever you want to call them. I need at least two. End around, flea flickers, Mark Ingram throwing a pass at the six-yard line into the end zone. I, I need something. I, I think two of those plays in the game. That's honestly my three keys to victory. <laughs> the Cowboys are getting basically everybody back. Really, like for the first time this year, there's a ton of offensive weapons for them that have taken zero snaps together. Like key names, like all pro, pro bowl players. CeeDee Lamb's coming back from a concussion. Like all of this stuff is coming back for them today. You are not going to go score for score for them. I mean, again, barring some miraculous thing that I just don't see. And it's not that I don't have trust or faith in the team or anything. Like that. I'm just being real. So it's slightly better than the offense that got introduced Against Buffalo, Taysom Hill for one, but how healthy is he? I don't know how healthy he is. Can the Saints win with him being essentially a pocket passer? His skill set that makes him special and something different than others is why he's gotten the deals that he's gotten is because of his legs. He's got a, he's got a partially torn plantar fascia. A long old tendon right underneath his foot. Can he run? Well, shoot it up, Gus. Great. But what if it pops? Like, what if it, I mean, I just saying, like, how healthy is he? And he said this week, he doesn't know. He won't know until the game starts. So, Saints fans, I'll hear from you. 800-998-1003. What you think needs to happen or give me a reason to have hope other than an ice cube into a brownish liquid to a glass that will be holding watching the game as it starts. Especially my poor second one, the news today after practice at Coach Willie Green. As the reports came out just after or before practice ended, Zion Williamson, they were ramping him up. Obviously, today was supposed to be his first day back, his first practice with the team. Well, it's it didn't happen. He's experiencing soreness in the foot in which he had surgery from. Coach Green overall. You know, it's, it's a part of the process. Um, when you're dealing with injuries and you ramp up some, there's a possibility that, you know, you can get a little soreness, which he's, he's dealing with now. And how do you think he's dealing with the news? He's frustrated, you know. Um, it, it's something that he's been going through and something that he's been working his tail off to come back from. And um, he understands, though, that this, this is a part of it. And you just got to keep getting past these, these hurdles. Yeah, <laughs> you think I'm, I'm telling you, it's um, it's been a good day. Uh, now Willie Green again, he played the league. You know that. It's just part of injury recovery. Everyone settle down. Absolutely, we're we're, we're very optimistic in that sense, and um, you know, hopefully the soreness goes away in a few days, and then you know he can get back to get back to work. What is the next steps? Like, is it just wait and see? Like, what? Where do you go from here? Well, pretty much that's it. Is see if the soreness goes away after you know a few days of dialing back, and if it does, then we can ramp up again. It is. Maybe we can ramp up again. We won't know for sure. Shout out to Mr. Quinn Groveys tuning in. Who's Quinn Grovey? Well, I don't know. He's incredibly special. He is a member of the Arkansas Hall of Honor. In other words, he was pretty good there. He uh, does color. Does a great job, by the way. Caught that. And, and his hogs are 8-4. and four. And he is part of Arkansas Game Day, which I am as well. And every time, mostly, I toss to him when he's live at the stadium. 
enjoying the smells of tailgating. Not saying he's enjoying it like eating-wise. He's, he's professional. He's working, at least while he's on. But he always does like to talk about special teams, and it matters. We, we tease him. Well, I don't. Clint Sterner and Ken Hamlin do. But kicking's important. Arkansas's got a really good kicker. The Saints are like on kicker number three and four. It, it matters. Sean Payton would like to have a kicker that can consistently make extra points. <laughs> Forget field goals. Just extra points. Mike, thanks uh, for tuning us in today, sir. How are you? I'm better than I deserve. How about yourself? Uh, you know. <laughs> I think with the second string line, which is basically what we're playing. Sure. We got to run the ball, and that's the only. Somebody, some Colts fan had a son, had on at the game. They kept showing it. Run the damn ball, and, and that's the only way because it's easier to run block than it is to pass block. Sure. And with Taysom, I feel more safe with him running and throwing. But I'm a season ticket holder to the post. Mm-hmm. God help me. Um, <laughs> and what? And went to the game last night. Oh, boy. And on my end of the court, mm-hmm. I watched the second string run at the basket. And Maltutis, uh two other guys, I don't even know who it was, mm-hmm. just watched him go in there. It's like there used to be a thing in basketball called defense, and I think they've disallowed that. It's just the I don't know, at least for the Pels. I mean, it's sad state, Gus. I'm more hopeful for the Saints than I am for the Pels. And I think uh, I think we run the damn ball. I think that's the only way we win. You know, keep Dak Prescott and everybody else off the field. Take away I, 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 100%, Mike. I, I think that is you have got to try to keep that offense that has a lot of weapons off the field and quite honestly shorten this game right thank you mike appreciate the phone call man for sure i'm hurrying you up only because i want to get shane in before our break and we can bring in mr lee sterling shane how are you sir going on today buddy doing good i'm watching andrew lopez on my television all you know doing a live sports center report (laughs) that's never good he should be doing one today based on zion had a really nice practice in his return instead it's breaking news, Zion Williamson experiencing soreness and foot return being delayed, did not practice today because soreness has persisted. That's what's on my screen with Andrew Lopez. So I'm not I'm not even talking Zion anymore. <laughs> like, I don't even want to talk him. I'm, I just filled up the boot. I'm going filled up the deep. I'm going fishing in the morning. So they're not oh. going to mess with my spirit. What do you catch right okay. now, man? What, what are we catching in December? I like redfish. Are there still well, reds out there? No, they red. We were supposed to go down the point of shade, but everybody backed out on them, so I'm going to just go to all lake the red or body corn or something. Okay. See if I can catch me some uh, soccer league or bass or catfish, whatever, biting. So, but um, that game last night was bad, man. I I, I started watching it. I watched it about the first 10 minutes of it, and then I, I, I turned it. I said, I can't, I can't do it anymore. You know, I'm... I was eating spaghetti. I wanted my food to digest. Food. <laughs> I had so, so, and then I did my, my baby wanted saw the game was on. He wanted to check the scores, and then I turned it back on, and then it was like I think they scored like eighteen possessions in a row or something ridiculous like that. They just it was like no no stopping them. Mm-hmm. And I told my son, I'm like, man, we we just don't have to. I don't know. We're gonna have to watch YouTube videos or old Saints games or something mm. because it's, it's to the point now with both teams, we just don't have the horses to compete. Yeah, well, that yeah, exactly. I mean, especially with the Saints. I mean, I hope we win tonight, and if we can win tonight and beat the Falcons, I'll be okay with the rest of the season not winning. That's it, huh? You, you want to win tonight? No win on January 9th against Atlanta. That's it. <laughs> but we, we just don't have the horses. No, you got just, I had optimism with Buffalo, and then, and then I just looked at it. We just don't have them. I, we we can't compete with them. I mean, I don't know that we can compete with the Jets and the Dolphins at this point. And it's not because the team is bad. It's, I've never seen a team with so many all these starters out on the offense like that. All your number one quarterback, wide receiver, running back, two tackles, your guard, like 
we just don't have the horses at this point, and it, it just is what it is, you know. No man, I, I, I haven't given you. up, but I've I've, I've, I've accepted my reality. I haven't mm-hmm. given up, but I just accepted the reality that I mean, this is what it is. We just got to roll with it. Everybody, you can't win every season, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, look, that's... at least we got a lot, at least we got Notre Dame's coach, and they. they <laughs> Do you think the Notre Dame people realize that Notre Dame is not what it was when Rudy was playing back in the day and all of that? There, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they, they think they still that same that same team. But um, that's that's it, that's just not the team anymore. We don't. We, they're just not them anymore. I hear you, man. Well, you know what? Let's enjoy the game for what it is. There will be a game, and then I can you know look at. The, the game and sit on the couch and my wife goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. So that's how we'll go. Thank you, man. Appreciate the phone call. All right, bud. Take care, Shane. Quick right. break. We come back. Mr. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. We'll talk to him. They got a ton of conference title games. His thoughts on that one and his thoughts on the game tonight. The sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. This Black and Gold Report is brought to you by Rogers Parts, your home for Napa Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally known. Get your Napa know-how in Lockport, LaRose, Galliano, Morgan City, and Labanyville. It's Saints game day, and it's Taysom time. Reports are that indeed it will be Taysom Hill starting at quarterback tonight against the Cowboys. Hill this week said he's excited to finally get a shot at QB1. Look, the situation for me has, has always been the same. The opportunities that have come my way have been so unique. So that expectation doesn't change I'm going to do my best to take advantage of every every single opportunity and do everything I can to help us win football games. Running back Mark Ingram is a go after missing two games. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I always prepare to be able to, you know, carry low whatever's asked of me. Confident that I can do that if called upon. And he's still confident in this team despite a four-game losing streak. No, we just all have to just go out there, have confidence in each other, have to play to the best of your ability. I mean, you never know what play throughout the game is going to make the difference of the game. There's always a handful of plays that make a difference. So every single person has to be able to be on point every single play, every single snap, execute at a high level because you never know when your play is going to make the difference in the game. So, yeah, we just got to stay focused, got to stay encouraging each other, got to stay believing in one another, and get this thing going on the right page. Dallas, a four-and-a-half-point favorite for tonight's 720 kickoff. For more on the black and gold, keep it here on ESPN New Orleans. This black and gold report has been brought to you by Rogers Parts, your home for Napa Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally known. Get your Napa know-how in Lockport, LaRose, Galliano, Morgan City, and Labanyville. Rogers Parts, your local distributor of high-quality Napa Auto Parts, marine and industrial supplies, has what you need to keep your vehicle rolling safely down the road. Whether it's repair or maintenance, Napa has the parts to help you make your vacation destination. Getting ready for that big fishing trip, they have quality marine parts to help keep your boat going. So stop by one of Rogers Parts' five locations, Lockport, LaRose, Galliano, Morgan City, and Labadeville, and talk with one of their ASE parts specialists. Rogers Parts, they've got the Napa know-how. Excited about a show where we just talk. Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengal. All right, welcome back, sports hangover. As we bring in Mr. Lee Sterling, as we do on Thursdays, sir. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh got to see both my daughters. The weather was perfect. Uh mm. Dolphins and the Canes won. What, what, what can I can complain about? How's the weather over there? I'm heading to Miami tomorrow. Oh, okay. Perfect. It uh it's been like sixty eight to seventy five degrees. Nice. Not okay. a cloud in the sky for a week. That's nice. Um yeah. I'll, we're we're two lanes taking on Miami. So I'll mm. be in Coral Gables. I'm actually staying in Coral Gables. Uh, maybe maybe I might find out what's going on over there. Brett McMurphy just tweeted this recently, um <laughs> at one forty one. Multiple Miami A D candidates. Yep. Tool the Action Network. UM Search is a mess with more than yeah, 50 board of trustees and several donors involved. Everyone is in charge. No one is in charge. They don't know what they want to do with Manny Diaz. Half of them want him gone. Half of them want him to stay. First off, is there really that many people trying to make a decision? 50? Um, I would say there's about eight or ten that really um, try to muscle in there and and – and make it, make it, they want their 
they're they're you know they, they want a, a say so. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's 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 not a process where it's just the AD. We don't have an AD and and the president making a decision. So it's 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 a mess. The AD is um, that position's open and and there's the, the president has appointed two people who he trusts to kind of lead the search, but um, everyone wants to say so. It just it's not working out well right now. But it would not shock me. Mm-hmm. If Gino Toretta ends up the AD, Whoa. and either Mario and uh, Mario Cristobal or uh, the Lane Train comes to Miami, so it might be a mess right now, but it might actually turn out okay. We'll see. All right. Well, we will see. Yep. Uh, Lee, yep. we have a ton of games to get into yep. for the conference yep. title games. We got a game tonight in the Dome with the Saints. But I just yep. want a quick take on Brian Kelly. When you when you hear that yep. name. Especially in your world, what, yeah. what 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 should LSU fans sort of feel like now? I think they're getting a really good coach. I mean, I think he's organized. I think his teams play hard. They don't beat themselves. Uh, I think they got a winner. I mean, I had heard he was upset a few years ago, and he was looking for the right situation, and he must have found it. So uh, I think they they hit on all all cylinders. They, I think they found the right guy. All right, let's fly through this. It's yep. incredible to yep. think because. They're sitting there at six. All five teams in yep. front of them in the college football playoff rankings are playing this weekend. Right. Michigan is one of them against Iowa. Ten and a half point favorite. Uh, big win last week for yep. Harbaugh. Should yeah, um, the only way uh, I can see Iowa winning this game, they got to be like plus two in turnover ratio, or they got to maybe hit on a couple trick plays. I don't think they can move the ball here much against Michigan. I mean, when they get a first down last week and the last couple of weeks against like Nebraska and some of these other teams, I almost felt like saying, wow, that was like a major accomplishment. Their receivers get no separation. Their quarterbacks are pedestrian. Michigan's better everywhere, and I think they're going to stay on a roll. I like Michigan big, 34-13. For some of those teams that are in that top five, you lose, you're gone. Yeah. For Georgia, as they take on Alabama, even if the Tide win, and Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, I – as dominant as they've been this year, I can't vote them out of the top four, huh, Lee? No. They could end up number two with a loss. <laughs> they are right. that dominant. So, uh, I mean, can, can you put someone like Cincinnati ahead of them? I don't think so. So, um, you know, I'm looking for every, like, through every nook and cranny to, to like Bama. And as an underdog, for only the second time in 12 years, I can't find it. Statistically, they're not that far behind Georgia, but. When you the eye test just tells you they're not there, they're missing. You know, whether it's a an offensive lineman missing a block, quarterback missing a read. I mean, they can't move the ball of late. I mean, LSU held them to twenty. You saw that game. Yeah, Georgia's defense is better. Uh, Auburn held them to three points with thirty seconds to go in the game. So, I mean, if if Auburn hits on maybe one of five or six plays, they win that game. They had trouble beating Arkansas. They only won by seven in Georgia beat Arkansas by 37 and Auburn by 24 here. I, I know about history. I know Ohio State dominated uh, Michigan for a decade, and I know how Alabama's dominated Georgia, but you know what? <laughs> That's all it is. It's history. Georgia, 31-17. Yeah, and, and look, even in that win against Auburn, I know Williamson got ejected, Jamison did, and, you know, the running back pulled a hammy, it looked like. I just, yep. I, Yeah, I mean, you don't have but a week to recover. I, I'm with you. So let's move on to the next game as we go now into the NFL. Buffalo and New England. Who would have thought that this would have been as contested as it is? The Patriots look legit right now. And Buffalo, I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, right? I mean, they lost to the Jags, yet they also kind of look like themselves. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. So here's the problem. I think their offensive line is just not not up to where they were in past years. So Josh Allen, you know, that, that split second that he had last year, uh, not getting it this year. In fact, the last four games, eight touchdowns, but eight interceptions. So um, I just think that, that New England's defense is not going to make mistakes. And, uh, you know, and then on offense, once they get the ball, I think they're going to go after whoever's playing, uh, moving in for Traverius uh, White. So Traverius White was, I think, one of the top two or three cornerbacks in the league and basically shut down half the field. But, uh, I mean, this New England team has returned to their head coach's roots. They are stout on defense. They run the football, and their quarterback doesn't make mistakes. I like the Patriots. I think if they win this game, how about this? They will have a one-game lead in the AFCs. Give me the Pats, 27-23. Speak with Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. 
The Buccaneers, 11-point favorite. That's a lot here. Yeah, it's a lot, but in the last game, and Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns. The only reason they had 341 yards, that's it, in total offense is Atlanta just kept turning over in short field. So they played poorly in the first half to Tampa Bay. Uh, Atlanta, you know, they stole without their best receiver. Um they just don't have enough targets here. Their their running back situation I don't think is good enough to keep Tampa Bay's defense honest. Look what Tampa Bay did in the second half last week. I mean, they clamped down on Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is a much better offense than Atlanta here. Mm-hmm. Give me the Bucks, 35-20. All right, tonight in the Caesars Superdome, Dallas and New Orleans, four and a half is still what you have there. It jumped to six in some places yep. as well. Look, not having two starting tackles, not having Alvin Kamara, I get why maybe that jump. Any shot the Saints can win? Well, anything can happen in the NFL. I mean, you're okay. talking—you're not talking about a, like a high school team playing a college team. Taysom Hill's going to have to have a great game. He's going to be running for his life. He's going to have to make plays with his legs and his arm. And I think it's a good move uh, to, to insert him a quarterback here. Problem is, you know, just doesn't have enough weapons. You know, if Kamara was playing in this game, maybe. Uh, they had maybe a receiver that could do some damage down the field, maybe. But Dallas, you know, you saw the last couple of weeks without Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they couldn't do anything. So now they got those two guys back. They get back to, Mar- to Marcus Lawrence here. Um, it, the Saints have only averaged 3.2 points in the first half of the last four games here. I like Dallas, 31-21. All right, Lee, and finally, if people want that game of the week in San Francisco and Seattle, future starting quarterback of your New Orleans Saints, Russell Wilson. <laughs> hey, I, I feel bad for him. It doesn't look anything like the Russell Wilson that we've seen no. the last couple of years. No, it's his finger. You could tell he wants out. I mean, uh, you just keep waiting for that announcement. If you're, if you, if you Google his name or you put, go on Twitter, uh, yep. just keep Twitter. It's going to happen in the next couple of weeks or uh, as soon as the season ends. So if they want to get that game, just call 800-400-9741. Last year in December and January, how about this? We won 27 of the 36 games. So you want to hop on board. We call it double down December, just 297 through the end of the month or through the Super Bowl. This year it's in mid-February because they moved it back for an extra week. Just four ninety-seven. Love to have you along for the ride. ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate it. Talk again next Thanks, week. Thanks, Yep. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Quick break. We come back. Mr. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. We'll go into detail and in-depth uh, the crazy few days that we've had in college football, right? Lincoln Riley to USC. You've had not only the move from Brian Kelly to LSU, but – I saw this earlier today, and I wanted to just mention this quickly. we got about a minute before we go to break. And it is kind of nuts when you think about it. And I understand certain universities in certain places, it you know, tradition or standards. We expect to be competing for championships. I, I can expect to be doing a lot of things in my life. Then there's reality. 2021 coaching buyouts per Ross Dellinger. Sports Illustrated. A total of $90.4 million has been spent in sending coaches on their way. Coach O at the top of that list at 17, Mullen 12, Patterson 12, Helton 10. Some of the names you may know. Fuente 8.7, Holtz 3 at Tech. $90.4 million where your frustration as a fan, booster, donor, administration has grown so much that you will write a check. Total LSU, by the way, with O, Bellini and others, 26. It is crazy when you think about it. That's where we are, though. Sports Hangover continues next with Chip Patterson on ESPN New Orleans.
For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 446 3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Coco's Mexican Restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hard to believe. College football season where you have reached conference championship weekend. Chip Patterson, as always, graciously gives us some times on Thursdays to talk college football. Sir, how are you this afternoon? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah, you know, you might have heard about Zion, huh? Did you Did you see that? No, I I truly did not, man. I've done thirty podcasts in the last yeah, twenty nine no, days. No, I, I hear. Like you. I'm just I'm I'm going nuts. Like this is the craziest coaching carousel. Right. It's been the craziest right. season. Right. Like all of it has yep. just and and it's all just coming like right now. So I'm I, I have been so out of the loop on the NBA. I'll mm-hmm. check back in. Uh, probably once we get uh, our final four set on Sunday. He was supposed to um, come back to practice finally today, and he has soreness in the surgically repaired foot there, and uh, so we don't know when we're going to see him. Uh, which got I, I, I'm I'm googling you know Macaro. I mean from Duke, I'm just that's just where I'm at when I'm looking at it from that perspective. But that's neither here or there. Uh, I am with you. I I cannot recall this, and I went into break talking about how ninety million dollars have been spent by universities in sending coaches on their way, and then a couple of days ago you have two high profile coaches go different ways, and Riley to USC, and obviously Kelly to LSU. Start obviously with here in Baton Rouge, man. When you heard that news, did you go wow? I'd reached a point where I knew that if you were doing your job as an athletic director, you at least had to reach out. My wow wasn't that LSU targeted Kelly. My wow was that Kelly had decided that at this point in his career that he was going to jump at the opportunity. Um, I think that Kelly's decision, and listen, this might like this is going to sound more negative than I mean it because if I am – um, a fan of LSU, I want these qualities in my head coach because I think it's going to be good. 
But I think that this is a real play to Brian Kelly's ego. I think this is a real play to Brian Kelly as a competitor and as somebody who wants to win national championships. And I think that he knows that LSU is one of those jobs where you can win national championships. I think that at Notre Dame, you can make a lot of college football playoffs, but he has seen up close and personal at Notre Dame what it takes to win in the college football playoff. And there's just, there's just not going to be many places really in the entire country where you're going to get the kind of support where you're across the entire state, where you're going to have the kind of talent across the entire state, and where you're just going to be able to have the kind of resources at the university such that you can align everything, mobilize, and go win. And I say this with all the love in my heart, but I think that sure. among the coaching uh, community, there this line uh, is – is prob- more or less, paraphrased, has probably been said. If Les Miles and Ed Odron can win national championships there, I can too. No doubt. Um, what exactly are they getting? Because when I asked that to different people, it's a, a stru- it's it's completely the opposite of the two gentlemen you just said in terms of structure, you know, how he's carried, uh, how he runs and manages the football team. Like what, what exactly is LSU getting with Brian Kelly? Well, I mean, you're getting one of the top five coaches in college football. And that's the thing where I think, like, I I described it like a fantasy draft where, you know, you look at James Franklin, James Franklin, re-up. You look at Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker, uh, re-up. Mark Stoops is going to stay put at Kentucky. Lincoln Riley decides he's going to go to USC. And it's uh, in a fantasy draft, you know, you're sitting there with the, like, best available window on your screen. And some names are just, all of a sudden, you're just sitting there right up top. And you're like, well, of course. I should sit here and take, I don't know, Jamar Chase. Like, of course I should sit here and take, uh, you know, this this player who is just a, a no-nonsense, one of the best at his position. And Brian Kelly is one of the best at, in all of college football. And that's what the track record says. So you're bringing in that. The other piece of this, and I don't think it's the reason why LSU went after him, but consider – some of the scandal within the football program and the athletic department in recent years, you know, consider the way that Cocho was painted during his, uh, you know, his final year with LSU in terms of, you know, the reporting around uh, some of the off field and sort of the way, way he carried himself sure. uh, around town and around the facility. Brian Kelly is the pendulum swinging the other way uh, in terms of some of that personality. I mean, he can have fun. I'm not saying that he's a, a total, you know, no nonsense, no fun guy. But I do think that you're getting a very different personality in a, in a sense where maybe the cultural fit was too good last mm-hmm. time, and uh, and and maybe trying to go for someone who's going to introduce uh, another, you know, another set of standards, another vibe might actually be good for the program. Obviously, he wanted the two coordinators. One of them becomes the head coach of Marcus Freeman over there. They think. Um... Brian Kelly's going to have trouble getting the right kind of coordinators for him. Like, what kind of offense and defense will LSU see? Ooh, I think that the, he's going to leave uh, a lot of those decisions up to whoever he ends up hiring just because one of the great things about Brian Kelly is I don't have an X's and O's um, book on him because the greatest thing that he did was reinvent himself after going 4-8 in 2016. He changed up his strength and conditioning program. They changed up the way they evaluate. They changed up the way they recruit. They changed the way they develop. They made coordinator changes, and they really started to build out a whole program. And part of that working was him taking his hands off the wheel, being able to allow very talented young coaches like Clark Lee, who we now see at Notre Dame, like Mike Elko, who's now the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M. And now Tommy Reese, you know, he was also starting to see that in the way that he started to come on uh, throughout last season and now into this season. So that's where, from Brian and Kelly, He's not your X's and O's. This is the book on him on the style he runs because he's been around too long and he's at the point in his career where he knows that the team and the program will be better if he allows other people to weigh in and in some cases take ownership of those decisions. Very good point. All right, Chip, we got about six minutes here, so let's fly because we actually do have a ton of good conference games. Uh, it's it's interesting, right? Notre Dame sitting there at six. The five teams above them all are playing this weekend, two, of course, and Bama and Georgia facing each other. Baylor, Oklahoma State, who do you like in the Big 12 championship? I like Baylor. Um, I think the, the Bears are, even with the instability at quarterback, 
I think the Bears are just going to play a little bit looser. This is new ground for Oklahoma State, and uh, this was a very, very close game the last time they played, and uh, I'll give the edge to Dave Aranda. I've been just really impressed with the way his team has turned it around since last season. You and I spoke about Billy Napier a while back. He's now the Gators head coach. His team is ranked 24th. They're facing Appalachian State for the Sunbelt Conference. Does Coach Napier walk off the field, the Cajun field, the winner? That's tough, man. I do think that uh, he does end up doing so. But this app team has been playing better down the stretch than Louisiana has down the stretch. And that's a little bit tough because, you know what, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but didn't, mm-hmm. like, Louisiana have the division wrapped up five games ago? Yeah. Like, if you were to look at the, the Sunbelt West division, it's, like, Louisiana, and then everybody else is under 500 in conference play. So, if there was a little bit of a motivation issue bringing this thing home, I'm, I'm going to say that that's only human, and I'm not going to hold it against them, while at the same time uh, acknowledging that App seems to be really hitting its stride still, uh, with the game being there in Caden Stadium, I think Louisiana can get it done. Okay. Uh, moving forward, uh, Houston and Cincinnati. Do the Bearcats end the season undefeated? I think they do. Playing in Nippert Stadium where Desmond Ritter has not lost as a starter. Uh, check me on that, but I'm almost positive mm-hmm. um, on that note. Uh, and, look, Houston is not a total paper tiger. I mean, they've got, like, your – your high quality speed and skill guys like Marcus Jones, like you, you've got the potential to hit enough home runs to be able to get there. But Clayton Toon against the Cincinnati defense, particularly the secondary, is going to be a problem. But Gus, forget what I think is going to happen. Let me tell you what I want. Okay. I either want Cincinnati to roll in this game, leave no doubt, and make the playoff, or I want Houston to win, crush heart and for us to move on, move forward, shed some tears for Cincinnati, and that's it. Because I don't want to nitpick a Cincinnati close win in mm. terms of making the Final Four. So either mm. Bearcats by 14 or Dana Holgerson trying to parlay this into the Oklahoma job. Oh, I got that. See what you did there. Michigan and Iowa, sir. Uh, can can you think Michigan stumbles here coming off of finally beating Ohio State? Maybe early, but I don't know how many points Iowa's going to score against this Michigan defense. Okay. Iowa allowed the second most sacks of all Big Ten teams. Only Northwestern was worse than Iowa in terms of allowing sacks. And you're going to tell me that that offense is going up against Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Michigan might have a little bit of a hangover. Might be a little bit of a slow start. But over the course of 60 minutes, do not trust Iowa to score enough points to win. All right. Uh, one final more before we get to the one, of course, that you're going to be heavily involved in. Oregon and Utah, that is going to be for the Pac-12 championship. I got no real good feel about how it's going to end. I think that the result last time is a misleading. I think it was one of the worst games that Oregon had played in two years. And I think it was one of the best games that Utah had played in two years. And that contributed to the results. A deep dive into the box score shows that while Utah jumped out to that early lead. They did just kind of nurse it the rest of the way. They didn't blow Oregon out of the water. And so I think it's very close. I think it's very competitive. The Anthony Brown versus Cam Rising debate is probably where it settles. And mm-hmm. maybe Rising is the choice there. But Anthony Brown has shown, you know, against Fresno State, uh, later on against UCLA, that he can make a lot of plays with his feet to be able to keep the Ducks alive. I'll say Ducks get revenge and end up winning this game, but I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game that's decided in the trenches. Yeah, the drums, they swing low, and the trumpets, they go. Not 2.30 Central, but 3 p.m., close enough. It'll be over there in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, down the road from Athens, not too far really from Tuscaloosa, Georgia-Alabama, the SEC title game. Look, I look at this as Bama's got to obviously win this to, to get and stay in. I, I think even if Georgia loses, Chip, there's no way. They've been so dominant this year. They're in the Final Four, right? So it, does it sort Correct. of take a little of the intrigue away? No, because <laughs> look. This game is going to take place in a vacuum where the college football playoff doesn't exist. I I mean, I've talked about this for a long time with Georgia and Alabama people. 
when these two teams play, especially for stakes like this, there's nothing else that exists in the world. Like winning this game perhaps could mean as much or more than whatever happens in the college football playoff because these are the ones that, that really linger in the hearts and minds of the fan base. Uh, Alabama has taken a piece of Georgia in this very building twice. Uh, Alabama in this series has held such a you know unique edge. And how about the – have you already read off this stat? You know the last time that uh, Alabama was a betting underdog? Oh, man. I knew this. Um, I can't think of it, Chip. Go ahead. 15 against yeah. Georgia in Athens, and Alabama won 38-10. to 10. I mean, there's just – there have been so many turns in this rivalry since Nick Saban got there that has just been Georgia flying high. And that 2015 team, by the way, started preseason top 10, finished the season unranked, and Mark Rick was out of there. And that Alabama game was a turning point in the season for the Bulldogs. Um, I just, I've seen this movie too many times, man. Everyone seems to be on Georgia. I feel like I'm on an Island and I'm just not ready to, you know what I feel like? Mm. I feel like people, uh, looking at the NFL playoffs last year. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring up any NFC South, uh, hard feelings, but like it was the people who were out there and I feel like I'm alone on an Island. Like, mm-mm. I don't know. It seems like they're counting out touchdown Tom. I don't know. It seems like they're counting out touchdown Tom. I don't know. It kind of seems like they're counting out Alabama right. when everyone is counting out Alabama. Just, That's... I mean, call me contrarian, Carl. Okay. I think the Crimson Tide can win. All right. There he is. Chip Patterson, as always, sir. On uh, 30 seconds, what are you going to be doing Saturday? Doing so much. So much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot. At CBS Sports HQ, we're going to have you slammed wall to wall on Saturday. Then Sunday, we've got like two hours of coverage around the college football playoff release. We're going to be having a live blog going on CBSSports.com all day to cover all of the bowl announcements. So, yeah, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ. I will be plugged in uh, for the better part of 48 hours. So come and hang out with me. At Chip underscore Patterson is an even easier way. Just go click on him and all the links will be there. Thank you, Chip. appreciate your time, sir. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Yep, for sure. Quick break. We'll put a bow on today's show. Matt Moscow don't have to further review is up next. The top of the hour. It's the Sports Hangover. And your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. 
If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Can we talk about sport? Real sport. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. So Matt Moscone, after further review, we'll have the latest. Let's see, it gets you ready for the Saints. We'll be kicking it off here at 7.20. Uh, one thing we didn't get to touch on too much about, again, obviously with the news of Zion being kind of held back due to soreness in the same foot that he had surgery on. Um, you know, that Saints-Cowboys hadn't got a chance to really touch on this, but the MLB and MLB Players Association at an impasse. A lockout has started. Here's Jeff Passan, ESPN. Right past the top of the hour, Major League Baseball informed the Players Association that they did intend to lock them out. It's the ninth work stoppage in Major League Baseball history, and after 26 years of labor peace, here we are with a cold winter ahead. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Nobody knows how long it's going to last. The hope and the expectation is that we will have baseball come spring, but with the sides still far apart we're not sure exactly where this is going to go now mlb commissioner rob manfred says the union's proposals would damage small market teams there's a lot uh back and forth going and jeff tries to kind of detail it a bit Carl, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but five years ago to this day, the last time a collective bargaining agreement was successfully negotiated, I talked with people, and that night they said a labor war is coming. There is going to be a work stoppage in 2021. The fact that that long ago they could see this on the horizon shows that the chasm between the two sides is not something that has just instantaneously come upon us. This is something that's been brewing for a better part of a decade now. And this is the upshot. Uh, listen, we've been here with Major League Baseball before. The amount of work stoppages seemed like practically every year in the mm-hmm. 1970s and early 1980s. Uh, but the fact that they've had more than a quarter century of peace to this point really has gone a long way to making people feel almost comfortable. And I think the players, Carl, see this as a necessary reckoning for them to get back what they have lost over the years. I'd like to see a salary cap. I don't know if you'll ever see it. Anyway. Uh, enjoy the game. We will talk tomorrow about it. Matty Hudak will have you. It's the Sports Hangover. Thanks for tuning us in. Matt Moscona, you are up next on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs>